T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. All right, back here on KJ Dondero, Mark Dondero, solo today. KJ not here. He did not leave a rap for us. We're talking football right now. 617-779-7937 is the phone number. Um, all right, I'm going to tell you right now why the Patriots can't afford to not take the preseason and not really make some strides in the preseason specifically. But before I do that, let's talk to Owen in Framingham about Mac Jones. Owen, good morning. What's going on? Hey, how we doing? How you doing? Pretty good. I uh, just kind of wanted to talk a little bit about Mac Jones. I think uh, solid quarterback. You know, I think good stuff you saw from his rookie year, but it's kind of looking at the top of the league. Uh, you kind of need a playmaker at the position to compete deep into the playoffs. You, get, you know, the Pat Mahomes, Josh Allen, uh, you know, even to a lesser degree, a guy like Joe Burrow, who's not necessarily mobile, but a little more mobile than a Mac Jones, who's kind of a little more of a pocket passer like the mid-2000s. So I just kind of want to see your take on, like, I don't know, do you think you could win a Super Bowl because of Mac Jones? Okay, thanks for the call, Owen. Well, a couple things there. Number one, uh, if you're asking me if I think they could win a Super Bowl with not necessarily Mac Jones, but with a quarterback that's not, quote-unquote, the most mobile, I do. Uh, Tom Brady just won a Super Bowl, what, two years ago? So I still think you can win that way, uh, assuming you're elite in a lot of other ways. Is it nice to have elite mobility? Uh, yeah, it is, as long as you're not a guy that relies on it too much and comes off of, their, you know, comes off of his reads too quickly because you know that you can just run. Uh, or a guy that's, this is even worse, but we remember the Michael Vick or maybe even you know Kyler Murray. We don't know for sure, but there was some, with that contract he signed or the stipulation in there, some of the guys and what Vic used to say was and admitted to, he didn't necessarily study as much as he should have because he just knew he was so athletic and more athletic than anybody on the defense. He could just outrun people. You certainly don't want that mentality. Um, Jones is probably he is on the lower lower end in terms of being an athlete at the position, but he's an excellent leader. 
he appears to be able to read defenses pretty well. He might be excellent at that. We'll find out more this year. He's damn accurate. Okay, so all those big boxes, he checks. I think you could win a Super Bowl with that. Now, we'll find out how good he really is in this season. You know, this is the year year two, like I said. If you're a stud in year two, you're a stud. You will be a stud, and I don't care who your offensive coordinator is. We will see Mac Jones pop. He will win games for the Patriots. He might not be at his absolute best if some of the coaching holds him back, if it's that bad. But it'll be good enough, and they'll be able to overcome whatever coaching deficiencies they have because Jones is that good. Um, so I guess to put it simply, his lack of, air quotes, athleticism does not concern me. And I actually think he moves around okay. He's not atop the league, but I think he moves around well enough to play the position um, in this day and age. You know, if he ran the, the 40 a tenth of a second faster, that'd be nice. But I think he moves around well enough. I think he's athletic enough. And if he does all the other things really well at an elite level, he's going to be fine. And yes, the Patriots could win a Super Bowl with him, assuming all the other stuff falls into place around him. And that includes weapons. You know, Kansas City, I was under the impression that they were going to, I was hoping that they would take a step back without their number one wide receiver. And I know it's just one preseason series, essentially. But they go out last night, and they look just fine. I mean, Mahomes, he's going to find guys. Now, maybe, you know, it'll burn them in the championship game when, you know, your players really need to make the plays and you have Juju Smith-Schuster or Valdez Scantlin. One of those guys that can't quite make the catch that Tyreek Hill made in the Super Bowl against the 49ers or something like that. Maybe that's when it burns them. But Mahomes, you know, I expect him to be just fine. I expect the Chiefs to be, for the most part, just fine and look like the Chiefs. Um, It's not going to come down to Mac Jones' athleticism. It's going to come down to can he, does he have the supporting cast from a weapons perspective? And does he have the coaching to not just help him develop, but to help him succeed? I mean, you look at what the Chiefs do, they make it look so damn easy. And it's not all Mahomes. You know, it's the schemes, it's the concepts. They just make it look so like that's an easy play. Why isn't the Patriots guy that wide open? So we'll see how it goes. I'm still high on Mac Jones. And I think he still has enough to become a quarterback that you want to be in business with for a long time. But I'm going to say this. Okay, and this hour is going to start the segment before we took Owen's call. The Patriots need to figure it out in the preseason. They need to. Whether that's joint practices or preseason games, you better figure it out. Okay, because I don't want to hear, and I've already started to hear it on Twitter and people clapping back, I don't want to hear anything about, well, Belichick usually uses the first four weeks as an extension of the preseason. Not this year. Okay? If he does that this year and they don't win games because of it or they just don't win games for whatever reason, you will not find a way to bounce back and become a playoff team a team in playoff contention after a poor start. Not this year. Okay? The team is not talented enough. The AFC is too deep to get off to a bad start and think you're going to come back and bounce back. Now, here's what might happen. Okay? You might play poorly early and play better towards the middle of the schedule, but I'm going to tell you this right now. It is not going to be 
because the Patriots used the September and the first four games as an extension of the preseason. And then they figured it out and they, you know, the extended preseason was over and now it's the Patriots are watching. No, no, no. The reason that'll happen is because the middle of the schedule, the teams you play are a lot easier to face. They're not as good. That's why it would be better. That's why you might bounce back a little bit after a poor start if you have a poor start. The Patriots don't have time for a poor start. The extended preseason thing that people always refer to in regards to Bill Belichick does not apply this year. And don't think it does. They need to get into a rhythm and figure out their offense now. Joint practices and preseason games. And come Miami on September 11th, you need to be ready to rock. That's what needs to happen. Because you got Miami, you got at Pittsburgh, who, by the way, I don't know what's going to happen, but we expect them to have a good defense. And, oh, yeah, Kenny Pickett looked pretty damn good in his preseason debut. I don't even know if he's going to play. But I wasn't expecting to face a good quarterback in that game. Okay? So now let's see what happens. Okay, then you got a game at home against Baltimore. You know Jackson's going to be tough. And then you got Green Bay on the road and, and Rodgers. So that's a tough stretch, and you have to be ready to go. If you fall early and go one and three, say, I think that is going to be the New England Patriots this year. A team that against the good teams goes one and three or loses more than they win. They are not, based on the depth of the AFC this year, going to be able to bounce back. That might have been fine for Tom Brady and all the weapons and all the continuity and everything else he had back in the day. The extended preseason thing. You know, when you can afford to try and tinker and do some things that you might not be comfortable with because the, the talent and the execution is so good and at such a high level. That is in this team. Mac Jones is still figuring it out. We're trying to figure out what he is. There are guys that you have that you're going to feature. They're going to be in prominent roles that were terrible last year. Terrible. You've got young guys that you hope will contribute, but they're going to have to deal with everything the NFL brings at them. You know, they're going to have to deal with NFL starting defenses. They're going to have to deal with people watching film and figuring out tendencies. We have no idea if they're going to handle that. We got coaches that haven't done this job yet. We have no idea how that's going to work. You have to figure that out now. Now, not later. How did you uh, feel about Matt Patricia calling plays and then swapping it over to uh, Joe Judge afterwards? Just like them, they're like doing essentially what you do with players in the preseason now, but with offensive play calling. Okay, so I didn't understand why Bill Belichick got so ornery about it because he was he kind of went back and forth with Phil Perry of NBC Sports Boston uh, when he asked about that. Overall. I don't mind the approach. Like, what it is is a competition. Like, Bill doesn't have to answer the questions, but we know what it is. Bill, you don't know who's going to do this job. You're letting them compete, and you're trying to figure out who wins the job, who seizes the job, who's best at the job. That's what's going on. It's an open competition. I would have liked by now, ideally, for them to have closed that competition. I would have liked for somebody to have won that job by now. Now, they haven't. So they're going to use a preseason game to continue the competition. Hopefully they you know, come close to deciding who's going to be in that role. I think that will benefit everyone. So I didn't hate it. I'm all for open competition. I think competition brings out the best in people, in athletes, you know, whatever, coaches. But at some point you got to figure out, like, who's going to be doing this? Who's going to be Mac Jones' guy? 
So I'd like for them to figure that out sooner rather than later. And I don't know why Bill Belichick, maybe he thinks that, hey, if we if we see that they're up in the air about who's going to call the play still in August, mid-August, that's a bad look, and he doesn't want that narrative out there. But we all know what's going on. It's an open competition, and they're still competing. Um, We'll see what happens. We'll see who's calling the play. I mean, who calls the plays with Jones? That's the big thing. When Jones is out there, who calls the plays with Jones? And do they switch off? I was just going to say, do they both get a shot? Do they both get a shot with Jones? That's going to tell me whether or not the, the competition is still open or closed. And I wouldn't be surprised, honestly, if it goes until week one. I don't see how having obviously I would never dream that they would do that in a game in a real game. You'd have one coordinator. Um but I wouldn't be surprised if it ends up being come week one, that's when we'll find out who's calling the plays. So, you know, not ideal. Not a, I'm not I still think it's more about Jones. And if Belichick can get Jones developed and up and running, I'll feel good, Ethan. You know what I mean? I, but the problem is <laughs> all the reports say the opposite is happening. And the offense looks like garbage, and Jones doesn't look good, and he's struggling, and that's not what I need to hear. That's why I'm disappointed they didn't play in the preseason. Not even a single series. Not even a series. And I get – you probably can't even – I mean – it would have been. I don't think they would, even would have been in a position to play a series. Like I think if they were going to play, they would have had to have played. Like one series isn't going to do anything when you're struggling. You need to play and continue to develop a rapport. The the Chiefs, that's fine. You know, you got some new guys you're working in, but it's still Mahomes. It's still Reed. It's still all the things that you do. All your concepts and principles are in place. You go out there for a series. You see how you do. You get out. Everybody's healthy. You get them out. The the Patriots have a lot more work to do and a lot more things to figure out. All right. Um, when we get back, Tom Brady reportedly has some things to figure out on his personal, uh, in terms of his personal life. He's doing that right now, but I'm going to tell you what I think that means for the Bucks this season, and we'll talk a little AFC, NFC. Not a preview, a little too early for a full preview, but I have some thoughts on the AFC and the NFC specifically. We're going to get to that next. This is KJ and Dondero. Let's try. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. Board's giving me a hard time with this trending. You're good. Right I can't now. get in and out. I, I keep this KJ Nardero <laughs> thing without. I don't even know what to say going into break. So we're, we're good. <laughs> All right. So here's what's trending at WEI and WEI.com. The Red Sox fell to the Yankees three to two last night. Isaiah Kiner Falefa was the thorn in the side as he managed all three of the runs with a home run in the fifth and then a bunt that led to the third run in the ninth. You can, of course, watch or listen to the pregame show before tonight's game at 7 p.m. First pitch. At 6 o'clock p.m. with Brian Barrett right here on the Shaw's and Star Market WEI Red Sox Network. They'll be wrapping up that three-game series with the Yankees tonight. Around the NFL, the injury to Jets quarterback Zach Wilson's knee appears to not be as serious as initially thought. It sounds like it's just a bone bruise as well as a torn meniscus. I actually saw a tweet from Ian Rapper earlier saying that he is set for surgery. So he's going to have surgery on the knee, and then their plan is to have him ready to go for week one. So, you know, that kind of sounds like a similar situation to, like, what Rob Williams was dealing with, too. They did a whole, like, cleanup on his knee, and then he came back, like, a month later. So So we'll see. At least, I mean, I've heard good things about Joe Flacco out of Jets camp. I've heard that he's looking. 
looked better than Zach Wilson in I some, I mean, so <laughs> in we'll some see. situations. We'll see. So, yeah, we'll see. But um, And then finally, the uh, New England Revolution picked up a 1-0 victory over the D.C. United. Carl's Gill made an excellent shot to notch his fifth goal of the season, and the Revolution moved up to 8-9-7 on the season. I am Ethan Isadulu, and that's what's trending here at WEI and at WEI.com. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp and refreshing taste. Or if you overcame... Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice-cold reward. Medella, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. All right, back here on KJ and Rondero, WEI 617-779-7937. So Tom Brady had to take some time, uh, personal reasons. A lot of speculation about why he's taking time at this time. Tough time to take time, you know what I mean, Nathan? 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 Jeez. I can't believe he's taken... As, did you hear them say that he should be ready for week one? They expect him to be like, as if like there's a doubt that he maybe he won't be. It, look, so the the report from Ian Rapoport sort of sounded a little different than what's coming out of Bucks camp, where Devin White basically said he's dealing with some personal problems. Okay, some personal problems. Things are going on. Um, you know, that sounds kind of serious. And obviously, you hope that everything's okay. You hope it's not an issue with his family or health or anything like that. Obviously, uh, but I'm going to tell you this. And this doesn't just come out of what's going on now and him taking time and it, the Dolphin situation. You know, he was trying to get to become Miami's whatever president or work, get into the business of football in that regard. All these things that have come out, and now this, leads me to one conclusion. You can cancel the Tampa Bay Buccaneers' hopes of a Super Bowl this year. It's not happening. The, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will not win a Super Bowl this year, guaranteed. Won't happen. Now, it's hard to win the Super Bowl, so maybe that's not 
that bold of a statement. But they are not going to win it. They're not going to get there. The Bucks are out. Okay, Brady is not going to be. He's not in it enough. His head, I don't think, based on what I've seen, based on the offseason he's had, I'm retired, I'm not retired, I'm back. I'm at, And the fact that they have some injuries, frankly, Tampa. I, I just don't think, you know, we'll, I guess we'll see what Julio Jones is, but I do not think they are going to be able to win the Super Bowl this year based on Tom Brady's demeanor and what he's dealing with and all the things that have happened since last season ended. I don't think he will. I don't think they will. So take him out. Which is interesting because I think the NFC is far inferior to the AFC, f- by far. Now, the, the NFC, the um, the favorite is the Rams. I think the Rams are still atop the NFC. Because you have the Rams who continue. They basically did what the Golden State Warriors have done. You know, the Warriors, despite winning championships, have always stayed aggressive. And they continue to go after it. And that's what the Rams tried to do. You know, they sign Allen Robinson, even though they lost Odell Beckham. You know, Robinson might be a guy that plays well for them. We'll see. But they continue to stay aggressive, and I'm going to continue to keep them based on McVay's performance and his production. You know, we'll see what uh, Matt Stafford is able to do for an encore. But as of now, I have the Rams as the favorite in the NFC, and I have a few other NFC hot takes, quick takes. Not hot takes, quick takes. I think a team that their window is closed, closed, is the Dallas Cowboys. Their window is closed. They are done. Okay? Yeah, they might win some games. I see them as like a 500 team this year. I do not think they're going to be a Super Bowl contender by any means. I don't think they're going to have a great year. I think they're going to be okay. But I see them as a 500 team this year. I do not think that they're going to be anything special at all. I think the class of that division is going to end up the Eagles. I think the Eagles are going to be an interesting team and a team to watch. Okay? The other interesting team, I think, will be the 49ers, depending on what Trey Lance does. Now, he looked all right in the preseason opener. I think he could be good, and I think they're going to be back and in the mix again. And I think, honestly, in terms of the NFC, I think you're going to see the playoffs play out a lot like they did last year. Usually you have all kinds of parity and different teams coming in and out of the NFL play. I think the playoffs this year, I mean, there'll be some different teams in there. But I think in the NFC, I think it's going to look a lot like it did last year. I could see the Rams back in the Super Bowl. I could see the 49ers back in the championship game. I could see the Bucks losing a heartbreaker in the divisional round or whatever. Like, I could see all those things happening again. Um, and it just feels like the NFC is far, far inferior to the AFC. And in terms of the AFC, um, you know, if we if we put teams in tiers, and there's a few teams that I'm not I'm kind of on the fence about, and I don't know exactly where to put them. The top tier I think is pretty easy to me. Okay, the top tier to me is the Chiefs, the Chargers, the Bengals. And who am I forgetting, Nathan? Buffalo. Buffalo is the other team. That's the top tier to me. Okay? After that, that's where you can, you know, it gets a little, I'm not going to say dicey, but you could call it into question a little bit. You could debate it a little bit. Okay? I'm higher on Miami 
than a lot of people. I think Miami's going to be good this year. Okay, I think Mike McDaniel is going to be good for them. I think I think Tua is going to be good with the new weapons. So I think Miami is in that second tier. Okay? I think I think Indy's in that second tier. Okay, you got Indy now with Matt Ryan. They've got a good defense. They run the ball. It's not your your older brother, your father's Indy, whatever you want to say. Is it actually a tough team that is pretty well coached? So I have Indy in that second tier. I think I have Baltimore in that second tier just because I have respect for John Harbaugh. And I'd like to think that Lamar Jackson is going to bounce back. And I have left the door open for Lamar Jackson to throw the ball better this year and be more of a passer. So I, as of now, have Baltimore in that second year. Even though, I don't know if you noticed this, Ethan, but Baltimore opens the season with four games against four AFC East teams. Isn't that weird? Like, why would you do that? It's a weird. That's that's really weird scheduling. I actually didn't even know that. I, I forget what the order is, but they play right off the bat: Miami, Buffalo, New England, and then uh, the Jets. So that's that's gonna be especially the, the AFC East. Not an easy conference. So Baltimore will be tested. Um, I'm gonna give Russ Wilson the benefit of the doubt and put Denver in that second tier. I think Denver is gonna be good, uh, good enough to be in that second tier, and I don't fully buy the Raiders. I don't, but I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt too and put them in the second tier. My biggest question mark with them is just Josh McDaniels. It is. You know, I can't forget Denver. So until I'm proven otherwise, you know, no, I've got, that's right. That's right. They do have weapons. I mean, between Waller and Adams and car, I mean, they got guys there and if they could play some defense, they added Chandler Jones. I mean, Great team on paper. Yeah, on paper, on paper. I mean, look at all the guys that have come to the AFC. I mean, guys that have come from the NFC to the AFC or, or stayed in the AFC but switched teams. You got Russell Wilson. You got Amari Cooper came to the Browns. Now the Browns got derailed because of the Watson thing. But you still have Watson who's on that team. Tyreek Hill stayed in the AFC. Matt Ryan came to the AFC. Devontae Adams to the AFC. Chandler Jones to the AFC. Vaughn Miller, for what that's worth, to the AFC. Khalil Mack to the AFC. So, obviously, the AFC West is going to be insane. It's going to be must-watch TV every time a division game is played. Um, But that second tier features, I mean, I have Denver. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. I have Indy. I have Miami. And I have the Raiders in that second tier. Chargers, Buffalo, Bengals, Chiefs in the first tier. Then after that, that's where the Patriots are. I have the Patriots in that third tier with Pittsburgh. And then, I mean, you could throw whoever else you want to throw in there. The Jet, I mean, if the Jets are in that tier, I'd have the Patriots at the top of that tier for what it's worth. But I, I right now, especially based on the reports coming out of camp, I can't. I'm not putting the Patriots in with the Colts or even with the Dolphins. Not, I mean, not with the way that they've been dominated by two of the last two games. I can't do it. I cannot do it yet. Not until I see more, at least not until I see Mac Jones and that offense play in the preseason. 617-779-7937 is the phone number. And the Browns, uh, if if I mean if, if Watson was still if Watson was playing and it was normal, they would be another team to reckon with, but that's not the situation. I think Tennessee takes a huge step back this year. Huge step back. They choked when they didn't get Tom Brady. That's what they needed to do, and they didn't do it. 
So they're out. They're done. Their little run the window is over. They might cause you some problems, but I think overall they're not a playoff team. They're not going to get there. Houston, obviously nothing. And here's a team that could, I'll put them in the tier with the Patriots. Jacksonville. Yes. Jacksonville could be a thing this year. I don't know if you watched any of the game that they played the other day. The very first throw that Trevor Lawrence threw, that's Clemson Trevor Lawrence. Okay, so if you've got that guy, that's going to be a team that is going to cause problems for other teams. Now, again, playoff team, probably not. Not in the AFC this year. But if you're talking about a team that could be a force on a given Sunday, that could be a team. And if they have some playmakers that are ascending, um, they're probably a year away from being a team that you really have to say, hey, like you got to look out for what Jacksonville could do this year. But that could be a different dynamic with the Jaguars this year opposed to what the Jaguars have been. Let's talk to Sorja in Mansfield about the Patriots. Sorja, how are you? What's going on, boys? What's going on? I just look at it and I go, you obviously just mentioned all the um, AFC offseason moves, and I just look at it and go, as an honest, true Patriots fan, like with all the internal issues we're having, with not knowing who's really calling the plays, with, you know, obviously the practice issues that we've been seeing, you know, what is a realistic outcome for this Patriots season? Because, you know, I, I don't mean to ring the panic bell, but it seems like all the other teams in the AFC got better and you kind of just stayed the same. And I wonder if this year Mac is going to improve at all or if he's going to take that maybe, you know, sophomore season where he kind of goes into a slump. All right, thanks for the call. Well, I'll say this. I give Bill Belichick the benefit of the doubt, so I do not see a drop-off. I do not see a big regression from either Mac Jones or the New England Patriots. I don't see it. I'm giving Bill Belichick the benefit of the doubt. He's too good. He's too legendary, in my mind, to let that happen. Okay? And I think their roster is okay. It's not, you know, top the league or top the AFC, but it's okay. It's good, and if guys figure it out a little bit, I think it's good. Good. We'll see. Maybe I'll be proven wrong. Maybe it's not as good as I think. Maybe it's better than I think. We'll see. I don't think there's a drop-off. So the realistic expectation is 9-8. and eight. I think that's the realistic expectation. 8-9. and nine. They might be able to. And like I said before, I think what you see in the first four games is going to be the microcosm that we're all looking for in terms of what the Patriots' season is going to be. I fully believe that, and we'll see if I'm right. I think what they do in the first four games is going to be what the Patriots are this season. If they go 1-3, and three, they're going to end up below 500. If they go 3-1, and one, they could surprise some people, end up 10-7, and 11-6. If they go 2-2, two and two, they're probably going to be right there, 8-9, and 9-8. Nine, nine and eight. That's, that's what I think is going to happen because I don't know how Detroit's going to be. I don't know how Cleveland's going to be without Deshaun Watson. I don't know how the Jets are going to be. You know, we'll see what other teams are. You know, at Minnesota's probably going to be a tough game. You know, I wonder, and it's obviously too early to tell, but just based on the... Real quick, we always do the win-loss. We do the win-loss thing, right? You can play this game if you want, Ethan. We're going to do this. We're not going to go down the schedule and do win-loss. We're going to go down the schedule and say, which games are the Patriots going to be favored in? 
Are they favored in Miami? Do we know? We can look up that line probably, right? Look up that line. Miami's minus two now. Okay, so they're not favored against Miami. Thank you. Okay, so they're not favored against Miami. Do you think they'll be favored against Pittsburgh? Obviously, you got to see if there's injuries. But from where we stand right now, will they be favored against Pittsburgh, do you think? At, um, at Pittsburgh. I, I like would want to say yes, just because who knows who's starting a quarterback for them. But I'm looking at a, a book right now, and it has – oh, actually, it has New England minus one and a half. Okay. Does that have all the games? Uh, yeah, I think they're like really early predictions. Uh, yeah, okay, so we won't go on that. But I'm gonna I'll give the Patriots that one and say they'll be favored against Pittsburgh. Will they be favored at home against Baltimore? I'd probably say no. Okay, I mean it depends. You got to see. You can't just go by the book because are they zero and two? Are they two and zero? That's going to dictate whether the the Vegas and who's injured, who's healthy, all that. I'm going to say they're probably not going to be favored at home against Lamar Jackson. Probably not. Okay, they're not going to be favored at Green Bay if all things are, you know. So they're they're not there's one in three on being favored. So I'll have them favored against Detroit. I'll have them favored against Cleveland. I'll have them favored against Chicago. I'll have them favored against the Jets. Okay, so there's four in a row game. There's four games in a row where they're favored. They're not going to be favored against the Vikings. Okay, they're not going to be favored against the Bills. You're really that that solid on the Vikings? No, but I don't think they're going to be favored against the Vikings. I think the Vikings are going to be good enough where they're at home and they're going to be able to be favored in that game. I don't think they're in a good division. I don't think that division's that good. The Bears, the Lions, uh, Rodgers without weapon. Like I, I think that division, uh, the, the Vikings will be able to do some things and they're going to probably have a decent record in that game at home. I'm not going to have the Patriots favored. Will they be favored against Arizona at Arizona? No. Probably not. At the Raiders? Nope. Okay. Not again. I don't think they're going to be favored against Cincinnati. Obviously, they're not going to be favored at Buffalo. Will they be favored against the Dolphins at home on this, on January 1st? You want to give them that one? Yeah, sure. Fine, <laughs> give them that one. So, out of the last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games, they're favored once. In seven games. Like, that's not great. If that's how it ends up, again, injuries, how you're playing, we'll see. But that's why the realistic expectation is around 500. That's how I'm viewing it. Okay? And, you know, I just, it's going to be a hard... You've got, I mean, that's fine. If you want to just throw away the first four weeks and say that's an extension of the preseason, I just don't know how this team with those games scheduled is going to win anything if you're using the first four weeks as an extension of the preseason with the teams you're playing. This isn't the old AFC East, and you don't have Brady and crew anymore. So if that's going to be an extent, if you're not worried because. You know, I mean, that that's, I guess, the best way to put it at this point. If you're not worried with how the Patriots are performing at this point in training camp and during the preseason, and you just say, well, Belichick usually uses the first four games as an extension of the preseason, I don't know what to tell you. Because I don't know how with this roster and those opponents in the first four weeks, they're going to win any games if they have to use that time as an extension of the preseason. 
And if they don't win any games, the season's over. You know, teams generally don't bump, bounce back from 0-4. So they can't, they don't have time based on their roster and their continuity and their p- prior production to use the first four games as, a extension, as an extension of the preseason. They just don't have time. Let's talk to Joe in Puerto Rico. What's up, Joe? Yeah, how you, how you doing, guys? Hey, listen, if this doesn't go well, what do you think the chances are Brian Flores comes to coach the Patriots next year after the little the sideline clown show. It's not going to go well. I don't have much confidence in it. What do you think? Okay, so I would love to see it. Thanks for the call. Here's what would have to happen. Not only would the season have to not go well. Okay, if you're talking about Bill Belichick being fired, I don't know if he'll retire, but that the, the, the vibe of that call was Bill Belichick would be fired. Okay? Let's assume that's what Joe meant, and if that's what he means... The only way you would even, and by you I mean Robert Kraft, entertain firing Bill Belichick, the season would A, have to not go well, and Mac Jones would have to severely regress. And it would almost be to the point where you thought he might be a bust, or at least not even close to the quarterback he appeared to be as a rookie. If those two things happen, anything's in play. And I'd love to see, if if it does come, or if Bill Belichick were to retire, I'd love Brian Flores here. Love it. Okay, I don't think the Dolphins should have fired him. Even though I am intrigued by Mike McDaniel, the Dolphins shouldn't have fired him. I'd love to see Flores here if that came. I'm just telling you, if you re- Bill Belichick, if, he, if he's going to be on the hot seat, two, those two things have to happen. The Patriots have to regress and have another year below 500, really, not make the playoffs, and Mac Jones would have to look like a player that might just be a guy. Okay, because what would happen there is not only would you not have the quarterback for the future and your hope in that regard would sort of dwindle, but you could also at that point throw blame on Bill Belichick for getting guys in here a la Matt Patricia and Joe Judge who were ill-equipped to help Jones reach his full potential. And if I'm Robert Kraft, whether it's right or wrong, I'm probably going to blame you for that. You know what I mean? Like, I'll blame you for bringing in these bozos and we'll see if they're bozos. I'm not. Call- I'm just saying hypothetically, if Jones regresses, that might be what Kraft's thinking. You brought in these guys with no experience on the offense and put my second-year quarterback who had all this promise in his first year at risk, and he turned into that? That's how I'd be thinking if I'm Robert Kraft. On top of the fact that you regressed as a team and once again didn't make the playoffs. If those two things happen, Bill Belichick will not be in a good place. And I don't, based on Robert Kraft's comments and his appeared impatience, um, I don't see how Bill Belichick wouldn't be, uh, you know, how the owner would be in a good place if that happens. Let's get to David in the car real quick. David, how are you? David, how are you? Is he there? No? Okay, thanks. Hey, what's up, David? How are you? Good, good. You know, this call brought up an interesting point about Belichick getting fired. If Belichick doesn't have, I mean, Belichick, uh, Matt Jones does not have to have a bad year. If the pitchers don't make the playoffs, I think there's, I think the crafts are looking at something. Okay. Um, I don't agree with that. I think that, and thanks for the call, I think that if Belichick proves that he is able to bring Matt Jones along, it's a tough AFC. 
You know, if the Patriots are representative and just don't beat some of the good teams like they have in the last few years, but Mac Jones has proven that he is on his way or has a really good year or is, you know, then I think you give Belichick more time with a now-established star. You know, Mac Jones isn't really a star. I know he's the Pro Bowler last year. He's not really a star yet. If he becomes an established star this year, I think you got to keep rolling with Belichick if he wants to still be here with now an established star at quarterback. He's got his star back. You see how he does. I think it would have to be more than just the team doesn't make the playoffs. Jones's production and development uh, will play a big role in the future of Bill Belichick. That's my thought. That's what I believe. All right, when we get back, I want to say something about Kevin Durant and Jalen Brown and the trade rumors that continue to surface and swirl in the area and what's going on there. This is KJ and Dundere on WEI. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right, back here on KJ and Nondaro. I'm going to just say this about the Jalen Brown, Kevin Durant situation. This is what happened. Okay, and I'm going to, I'm just sick of the rumors. The Celtics aren't interested in trading Jalen Brown. He's not going to go anywhere. He's here. They want him. They're in communication with him, and I love seeing that. Brad Stevens, they're talking to Jalen Brown, and they're continuing to keep him updated. What happened was in Brooklyn, when the Celtics maybe did make the call to, I don't know, say, what are you guys going to look for when you're going after a trade for Kevin Durant? They need to know what other teams are going to have to offer to get Kevin Durant. So they made the call. And the Nets probably said, well, for you guys, it would be Jalen Brown. It would start with Jalen Brown. We're talking about Jalen Brown before we even talk about anything else. Maybe they threw Jason Tatum into that. There was a report saying that. Okay, Danny Ainge probably laughed. Danny Ainge. Brad Stevens probably laughed. But there were never, I don't believe there were ever discussions involving Jalen Brown. Yes, the, the, the Nets probably brought up Jalen Brown. Okay, because that's when the Celtics inquired. They said this is where it would start, and it would include Jalen Brown. And then the Celtics said, or they, you know, they made a comment back, and it was a conversation between humans. And then from there, the Nets decided to say, oh, that's what, you know, that was the, the talks we had with the Celtics involved Jalen Brown. Well, yeah, technically, you talked to the Celtics, and Jalen Brown's name came up, technically. But I don't believe the Celtics ever offered Jalen Brown. I don't believe the Celtics ever brought up Jalen Brown to the Nets themselves. I think the Nets brought up Jalen Brown, the Celtics, because they were in a conversation with another human being over the phone, Brad Stevens, responded to the Nets bringing up Jalen Brown. And then by that point, the Nets were able to conclude that we, the Nets, talked to the Celtics about a trade involving Kevin Durant and Jalen Brown. And that's what it is. And the Nets have brought that up in an, in an attempt to drub up into or whatever. They're trying to get other teams to jack up the price or to think that the Celtics were actually willing to trade Jalen Brown. I don't think the Celtics were ever willing to do that. They never wanted to do that. They asked. They did their due diligence. The Nets brought up Brown. And then the Nets, from there, not lying, they did have a conversation with the Celtics and Jalen Brown's name came up, but he was never offered to the Nets. 
Okay? I don't believe he was ever offered. I don't believe the Celtics brought it up. All right. I want to get that out there. Okay. Red Sox back at it tonight against the Yankees. Um, You know, I like to think I'm interested in this game, but I just I can't have a lot of faith in this team right now. With the way they've responded in these spots all year against teams in this division, I, I don't have a lot of faith. I, you know what I'm going to say? I'm going to, I think that the, the whole season, well, I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say the whole season is riding on the game tonight. That's a little dramatic. But there, I mean, there's an element that if you don't win tonight, I don't know how mentally you bounce back. I don't know how you bounce back. After once again beating the Yankees in the first game of the series, if you find a way to then lose two in a row and lose another series and the win the other, I mean, Bradford was talking about winning the series against the Orioles. It was a one game. It was a one-game scenario. That's not a series win. You know, you've got a big night. It's Sunday night baseball. It's the Yankees, the season on the line. Back against the wall, especially. Everybody should be ornery and all charged up after what happened last night. The Red Sox have to find a way to respond. And you got Jared Carabas throwing out the first pitch. The ultimate Sox fan or the ultimate Red Sox guy. I mean, a lot going on. You have to find a way to convert in that spot. Good luck to him throwing out the first pitch. That's not an easy thing to do. Not an easy thing to do. You know, you think, especially a baseball guy, you think it'd be easy. You know, you throw a ball, it's not that hard. You throw it to the target. But you got all those people out there. It's always different when people are watching. Obviously, the the the, the mound is going to feel, and you can't be a. You have to. I mean, we'll see if they make them throw it from a little closer. Like as you know, a baseball guy wants to throw it from the rubber. You don't move up. That's an embarrassment. Maybe they make them. Okay, but you need to. That's it's a tough spot because all, the the mound all of a sudden feels a lot longer than it it should. You know, it feels like you're throwing it from a, a pretty good distance. Um. You don't want to throw it too hard, be a hardo. You don't want to throw it too soft and be a little, you know, little pan, whatever. You want to throw it nice, but you can't try too hard. It's got to be on target. It's a tough spot. I wish him well. And that could get the crowd going. He throws a good pitch, get the crowd going, and then you put up a crooked number early. They have to find a way to win. They have to find a way to win this game. They have to find a way to bounce back and finally beat a team in the, you know, in a series in the AL East and go from there and then see what you can do from there because you are getting production from the guys High and Bloom brought in. They're there. If your big bats can come out of this malaise, especially Devers, you'd have a chance. But I can't have Devers with, with the winning run or the tying run on in the ninth dribbling balls in front of the catcher and Xander Bogart's popping up to the infield. All right. Uh, KJ should be back next week. Coming up next, I think it's Andy Hart and Kyrie Thompson. We'll talk to you next week. This is KJ and Dondero on WEI. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.